Welcome back to the Goalie Corner presented by One Stop Goaltending. I'm Coach Michael. Today we have Ryder Lally with us. Welcome, Ryder. Can you give us a brief summary of your of who you are and your career up until this point? Yeah, for sure. So thanks for having me on. Um, I started in the Comox Valley. That's where I'm from. And I uh, started playing rap hockey when I was first year Adam. I played there until midget first year. Uh, I always played rep, and then I moved to the Okanagan Hockey Academy in grade 11. Um, during the COVID year, I came back uh, home and played for the Glacier Kings in my 17-year-old year. Um, and then last season was a year of recovery and rehab, um, getting hip surgery. And uh, now I'm here in the rehab position. Right on. How was OHA during COVID year for you? It was kind of tough with minimal games. Yeah, it was tough with minimal games, but um, having training every day is something I wouldn't have gotten at home. So even though we didn't play any games, it was still... Um, a good experience because you got the training. Yes, it was much more productive being nice. there. I learned a lot um, from the goalie coaches there. They were great, so... It's awesome, yeah. Awesome. So I brought you on today because I wanted you to share your story about the hip surgery, about the process, like the full range. So right when you first started feeling your hip pain all the way till now and what you have planned for the future. So uh, can you let us know just real, real brief and then we'll go into detail a little bit what the surgery is that we're actually talking about or referring to? Yeah, so this is, um, it's called a cam impingement. Um, Sorry, what was that? A cam impingement. Cam? Cam impingement, yes. Okay. Um, so the cam impingement is when you get bone growth on the ball of your hip joint. Um, an additional bone growth that will affect the rotation, um, which leads to tearing the muscle on the inside of your hip socket it's called the labrum. So is that genetic or is that like drinking too much milk and you have like a calcium deposit on your bone almost? It's sort of different for everybody. Mine was, I was told was from genetics. I had very shallow sockets, which affected the bone growth for other people who grow quickly. Um, that can affect it. That's and, funny. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> grow quickly? Yeah. Um, okay. So, sounds like a lot. Doesn't sound like the normal goalie labrum hip pain stuff, but the bone growth also caused the normal goalie hip pain stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. So, going all the way back, uh, when did you first notice, or sorry, a little background just so everybody's aware. Uh, Ryder and I have known each other for about four years, just doing goalie camps and stuff like that. And he's definitely one of the hardest working goalies that I work with or have worked with and very disciplined, dedicated. The goalie pain hip stuff that we were talking about is, we call it hip impingement normally, right? And it almost feels like right where your hip flexors are, there's a sharp pain, um, like a pinch. 
and most goalies get it because they're either dropping down the butterfly a lot or rotating their foot inwards, right? So a lot of the time it's like T push and stops or RBH, right? That's kind of yeah. what really escalated uh, the hip problems in the goalie community as of the last eight years, maybe. Yeah. Ten years, maybe. Yeah. Before that, it was mainly the butterfly. But going back, when did you first start feeling that pinching? So it seems like a lot of people are getting the pinch just here and there. For me, I wasn't getting that pinch. Like, I didn't notice it. And it was just I was stretching after practice right before our playoffs. And I was uh, it's in almost a lunge position, stretching out the hip flexor. And I just felt a bad pull. Um, pretty scary feeling. And uh, I thought it was just a nothing. Uh, later that day, I was walking up a set of stairs, and all of a sudden, it just gave out on me. And that's when I was kind of scared. How old were you? I was, I was 17 at that point. So you didn't... A little different process here. Normally, it comes and goes, as yep. you said. This just hit you. It just hit me, yeah. I think, do you think that maybe that's because of the bone growth? Yeah, well the size, the size of my bone growth was pretty large compared yep. to the average impingement it seems like. Um, they told me it was from 6 o'clock to 12 o'clock. So Whoa. about half of the, the hip bone is taken up by bone growth. Um, so there wasn't really any room for physio healing wise. Got some good genetics, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so... That's kind of a bummer in the sense that it's unorthodox, but I feel like the bone growth is now what people are starting to talk about more. Yeah. Right? So it gave out on you walking up the stairs, 17 years old. I think you played another season on it, didn't you? So it, uh, the injury actually happened when I first felt it about a year ago and maybe two weeks ago. So playoffs when you were playing for Comox. Yes, so gotcha. last season, right before the playoffs happened. Um, so I ended up playing on it. Um, we got knocked out in game seven in the first round, but it was definitely a battle playing the seven games through yeah. a constant pinch of any internal rotation, low stance, RVH was brutal. Yeah. Um, yeah, those were the three main hard T pushes, right? Did you let the coaches know or anything at that time? Yeah, they knew um, right away. Like, it was pretty quick going into it. So after some tests, I mean, um, it was basically diagnosed. I had something wrong with my hip flexor is what they had thought. Yeah. Um, so physio, you know, rolled out, did their stuff they need to do, um, wrapped it up before games, and it was a bit of a temporary fix. But by the end of game seven and all that it was pretty well done right yeah did you only go to one physio or did you see other people so i started with our team trainer um he's really good he's he has slight impingement now so it was pretty nice he could some semi-relate right he's not he has goalie. it now or he had it at the time he still has oh, slight gotcha. impingement just not super bad so he uh he didn't have to do any surgery right um, so after the season, 
I kept working with him. Um, about a month, I just took a month off. I was hoping, I didn't realize what it was at this point. So I'm like, okay, three weeks off to a month, get back at it and hopefully a break will, will give it some time to heal. And it wasn't much better. So back in the physio, ramped it up some more. Wasn't working still, so we did an x-ray. And the x-ray came back as nothing, right? So now we're like, okay. Is that just because it just looked like a normal bone? Yes, yeah, exactly. Like it's still round and everything? Yeah, so to them, to them it was, at, it must be solved by physio. Or you just have abnormal, long, well, maybe they weren't even looking at bone. Yeah. Right. I it think would... x-rays are kind of dumb when it's muscle pain. They are. Because they never show muscle. Yeah. It's uh, so much harder to get in for an MRI, right? Yeah. Like, so it was first x-ray and when nothing came back, it was, they just assumed it was. Still hip flexor probably. Yeah. Something, something like that. And they didn't really know. Another month goes by and I'm kind of like, all right, like this needs to get better now. So I went to uh, do another physio and it got me in for an MRI. Um, so the MRI was three week wait, another week for the results. And then they doomed it as the impingement itself, but it's, it doesn't show, well, they didn't tell us how bad it truly was. At that time. At that time. So you can come back from an impingement and a slightly torn labrum through physio. Minor. Yeah. Yes, if it's minor. Yeah. What they didn't tell me is that it was one of the worser cases that my physio guy has seen at least. Um, so it was kind of after another month, they just doomed that it was had to be solved by surgery. Doomed or deemed? Deemed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, well, I guess surgery is kind of dooming, daunting as well, right? Yeah. Um, now I remember when you were talking to me about this over the summer, you're supposed to help coach. and I think you're supposed to train a little bit, but you were bedridden for two weeks, I think two weeks or was it a month? Was it the month? It was most of August is yeah, two to three weeks. And it was to try to help the healing process to get you back onto the ice for the season. Yeah. You're physio guy was kind of under the belief that it would just not necessarily go away but heal itself which as you said if it was minor that's a possibility yes for sure right i've never heard of someone being hey or someone telling an athlete hey just go stay in bed for two weeks don't do anything with it don't move it don't nothing and it'll just eventually go away like for me that's almost backwards thinking just because, yeah. okay, if I lay here, do nothing, it's going to get weak. Yeah. Right? Like, I understand it's not working, so it has time to heal. But at the same time, I want it to be strong. And if I can't get it strong, then I want the muscles around it to be strong to compensate. I'm not trying to create problems here, personally, with uh, the already unhealthy mindset of athletes trying to push through everything. But I think it's really important when you're injured and it's your life and your career, you ask it, you ask questions, you poke, you prod, you do your own research and you find out what's happening in your body, 
right? Like you said, the guy didn't say that it was one of the worst ones he's ever seen. Did he tell you that it was not one of the worst ones or he just say, this is what you have and didn't give you any sort of inkling on the, any extent of it? So when the MRI came back, um, there was no follow-up with, with the hospital right. or anyone who ran it. When they got the form back, um, eventually it got to my physiotherapist and he was the one who reviewed it and was like, okay, this is, this is actually pretty bad. Gotcha. Um, there was no heads up from any of the medical people that were like, this needs to get solved immediately. Yeah. Don't waste your time with physio. Right. It was kind of all on my physiotherapist who helped me out. Right. Okay. And then, so when he got the MRI, when was that? So he got the actual image, I want to say the end of June, maybe mid-June. He, so he still told you to bedridden was kind of the way. Yeah. So we kept just sort of strengthening it. Right. Right. We were prepping for surgery. Gotcha. We knew it was kind of the way. Um, obviously, it's a wait, a wait list. Like, yeah. Um, so I got in on October 6th, and that was two months earlier than my regular date. Yeah, you got in because someone canceled, right? Someone canceled, and I got in. Yeah. And it happened pretty fast. Like, you got a call, like, what, a couple days before? Yeah. So I got a call on Tuesday night, and I was gone Thursday morning. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty nice. Yeah, it was awesome, actually. A little bit of a whirlwind, but... Yeah, it was nice to, to get it over with and be that much ahead. Get it ahead. off your mind. Yeah. Yeah. In the summer itself, or before you said yes to surgery, what was your mindset like? I was... Yeah, I, don't, I was thinking a lot of things. Most of it was if I could just push through the whole season and just play. Because I knew it was an important year, but I just kept thinking back that it, it could have been a lot worse. If I did play on it, I learned that it could have been a possible replacement. Really? Um, if, if I had played on it like yeah, that yeah. Um, for a whole year, it probably would have damaged it enough for hip replacement. They said, yeah. yeah. So I am happy that I am not getting that. Yeah. But obviously it sucks to sit in the stands for the entire season. 100% for sure. Um, who was who your support team that you kind of depended on to talk to through this process? Like almost voice of reasons. Yeah. So that's definitely mom and dad for sure. Um, also, so our team trainer, our physio, he's such a great guy. Like, I can talk to him. We can have a conversation that around the rink and stuff. Like, I hung out with him at game time, right, watching warm-ups and stuff. He's on the bench, and uh, he kind of helped me through. You know, he had a positive mindset, and uh, when sometimes I wasn't always positive. Come on the rink, and it's a little bit depressing almost at times. And you trusted everybody to give you straight answers? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I think that's important, right? Have people that might not tell you what you want to hear, but tell you what you need to hear. Yeah. You do need that. Yeah. And then 
you remember you and I had a conversation about whether or not to get surgery now or push through? Yeah. Do you remember that conversation? A little bit. Do you remember what I said? No. No, not really. So, for me, that phone call, it was either a phone call or in person. I cannot remember. But you wanted to play, you wanted to push through, but you couldn't finish a practice. Yeah. Right? And your reason was, this is going to be a big year for me. Right? And I was like, yeah. Same with next year. Same with the year after. Right? If that's the excuse that we're going to go with, every year technically is going to be your next big year. Yeah. Because you get a little bit older, it gets a little bit more scouts, a little bit more opportunity. And in juniors, there's an ever-daunting timeline of when you hit 20 years old. Right? Exactly. So to sit out for a full year is very scary, especially when you're a competitor and you don't know how to. Yeah. Right? And I told you, you're not doing it for you next year. You're doing it for you in three to four years. Yeah. Right? Because if you don't do it as soon as possible, if it's as bad as it was, then you're never going to get better and your game's just going to kind of suck throughout yep. if you keep pushing. Even if it wasn't as bad as it was, but it was still there and you had to take a practice off a week or so, think in three to four years, you're going to have to get the surgery anyways. Yeah. And three to four years, you'll probably be playing for a pro contract and or university scholarships and stuff like that. That's a very pivotal time. Yeah. Right? Totally. I'd rather sit out the junior year so when it comes back, I'm healthy, I'm strong, I'm confident, my hips are good, I'm good to go. Yeah. Right? Of course. At the time, that stuck with you. That clearly didn't stick with you now, though. That's yeah. a bummer. That was one of the best ever speeches I had, too. <laughs> Anyways, you ended up getting surgery uh, in October 2022. After the surgery, what did the surgeon say they actually did? Yeah, so the surgery was around three hours long, and uh, so they went in. That's actually not a long time. No, no, it really wasn't. Um, it was pretty short. The way the way they went in, so they they don't they didn't cut me open exactly. They had three three small points. Yeah, microscopic. Yes, exactly. So they went in like that, and what they did was reshape my hip bone, obviously. Get rid of the added bone growth so it's regular again. So they like shaved it. Yep, exactly. They shaved it down and they uh, restitched my labrum back up. Um, at the same time, they also went in and deepened my hip sockets. So I was born genetically with very shallow hip sockets. Gotcha. Which, great um, genetics again. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. And uh, so that it wasn't helping at all having shallow sockets. Yeah, so your um, bone probably grew to protect itself. Yeah, it had much more room to work with, right? Yeah. So um, they did that, and then it was successful. It's a weird image to think that they took your leg out, 
to shave it and then shave the hole to be bigger. Yeah. If you think about it. Yeah. When I was getting my first knee surgery, my dad, the night before my surgery, sent me like a real life recording of someone getting the same surgery. <laughs> and it was the most scarring thing of my life. Oh, yeah. The way that the surgeons were just moving the patient's body on the table. I was like, man, just put me out. I don't want to know. Yeah. Like, I just want to wake up and not feel that pain. Get it over with, yeah. Yeah. So, what are we? We're March, right? So, November, December, January, February, March. Five months in to you rehab. Yeah. Can you walk us through, I don't know if you guys had like a week-by-week week goal or month-by-month month goal of where you want to be at the end of that month. It wasn't necessarily goals where to be. It's different for everybody. Um, so the, the average person, what I was told was nine to 12 months to okay. be completely healthy. Yeah. Um, the first six weeks was obviously crutches and then a leg race from around the waist at your hip to your knee. And that's, you're sleeping with it. Like a half everything. diaper thing. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That. And, uh, um, almost like another wrap and it was uh, an ice wrap. So it would tighten and cool. Oh, a nice compression thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, what was the swelling like? Very little swelling. Really? Yep. Oh, cause it's microscopic. Yeah. So very little swelling. Um, recumbent bike pretty for the first six weeks. So just very light in the first six weeks. How soon was it that you uh, started like moving to try to find the range of motion. There was zero movement for the first. Other than riding a bike on light, that and was... that started like what week three, four. Yeah, yeah. Although, yeah, even sooner, like kind of first week or two, like so, setting one, just yeah, getting the so range that's of still motion. movement with range of motion. Yes, obviously no opening up no. or internal rotation, but. The movement of a bike was enough in the just first north, six weeks. Just north-south. Yes, exactly. Scary feeling, eh? Very scary. That, that first. Yeah. Um, again, making this all about myself. <laughs> um, the first knee surgery I had, I think it was two or three days after, like real fast. We went back. It must have been two days after. <clears throat> went back to the hospital. They had some special machine. It was like a boot that strapped your leg to get in and it did all the movement for you. Yeah. So you weren't using any of your muscles. And she started off with like, okay, this is straight. It's like, we're going to 10, 10 uh, degrees of flexion. Right. Yeah. I'm like, no, it's not ready. <laughs> no. And she goes, no, you're fine. I was like, no, <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah. And so I can hyperextend my knees too. So we did... And I would just kind of like bend your knee for you. Like, so there was no resistance, no nothing. Like I wasn't doing the work. I wasn't moving. I wasn't stretching or um, straining the ligaments that were brand new, but I was getting the range of motion started. And so we would start with the go from zero to 10% and it would take like two or three minutes. Yeah. And then back down to zero. And then we'd go to like negative one or two because to try to get the hyperextension back. 
Yeah. And then like, and it was the, it was the scariest part about the whole situation for me. It was that first time moving my leg again. Yeah. Like. It feels like you lost everything. You're you're relearning, essentially. Yeah. Relearning how to walk, relearning how to do everything. Yeah. Terrifying. It's an awful feeling. Yeah. It's an awful feeling. (laughs) But at the same time, I don't know. I'm, like I've said before, very different in my mindset. So. Yeah. I actually liked it because it was like just starting over. But instead of learning how to walk as a baby. I like was relearning how to walk for a purpose as a teenager. Yeah. So I could like, I could fix all the small mistakes in my walking posture. Yeah. Right. No more pigeon toe, no more flared foot. Like I land here, I push off here and everything just kind of fell into place for me. Yeah. Right. But anyways, okay. So you started the recumbent bike couple weeks in six weeks of crutches so they wanted you to get off crutches in six weeks yeah so as soon as the six weeks are up it's trying to walk again did you have a cane no 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 <laughs> cane um they were they said it was all right if, even if you got a limp or whatnot like that's totally all right and uh a little surprising yeah i was a little bit surprised by that too it was kind of straight into it six weeks are up crutches are gone no, I was, I'm surprised that they said it's okay to walk with a limp. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was, uh, it was surprising. And it was pretty quick into, uh, like, banded squats. Um, Assisted, probably. Yeah, I started by holding something. Yeah. And uh, band on your knees, push out as you're coming down. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, just increase the bike as you go. Yeah. Um, and then it was, yeah, pretty minimal for a while. Um, and then you're into weights. Right. Weight, same sort of thing. No, um, are you just doing like normal squats or you're, did you guys switch your program up to yeah. the newer age where it's less squats, more other stuff? So it, I'm still in uh, just progressive weights from, you know, two months ago, right? I'm doing bench squats now, step ups, um, hinges. RBH. No, no, RBH. <laughs> <laughs> no. And, uh, and then eventually when I was feeling comfortable with that. We got into like plyometrics and it was oh, jumping yeah. and all that. Um, got that top first jumps. jump, man. It's, yeah. Don't What'd you do jump it. over? An actual hurdle? No, I just, I just did a box squat, like just by myself and I was just very light I was pretty scared like landing wise yeah like I felt like it was just gonna blow out but uh you're like anticipating the pain yeah I was ready for it it wasn't there and eventually got comfortable with that I started adding like uh rotations with bands so you're in the butterfly position around the ankle around something stable and you're pulling in and out and the opposite right just getting yeah. that range of motion and strength back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's what month? So that that's where I'm at now. I've been doing <coughs> progressive weight. My weight's improved um, pretty pretty fast, actually, for the first bit. Fast than I was expecting. Um, I guess, obviously, because I still have one semi-strong leg. <laughs> so um, that was pretty quick. 
I've been only doing the uh, sort of butterfly stretches with a band for maybe a month, month and a half, sort of. Yeah. Um, but the plyometrics and weights have been a good two months. So in month five, what percent of weight are you pushing now compared to what you were before the hip injury? I would say in some aspects are stronger than others, like say a hinge, I'm yeah. pretty, pretty strong still, but squats have lost quite a bit. So like what would a percentage be? 60% maybe, 50, 60. Um, I think that's always the longest to take to get back. Yeah. Not necessarily the strength, but the trust that you can hold that much weight on your frame. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you're very guarded Yeah. at this point. So, yeah, kind of kind of plateau a little bit, honestly. A little bit of a plateau, yeah. Yeah. How are you going to get over that plateau? Just got to trust yourself that you've put in the right amount of work. And if you obviously feel comfortable still. Um, the worst thing you can really do is rush it. It's only going to put you back. I think there's two worst case scenarios. Rush it to get back and play it too safe. Yeah, right? totally. There's a nice happy medium, sort of. There's a nice happy medium. And that's where you kind of want to depend on the network of people around you where you might not want to push it. Obviously, we don't know what you're feeling, right? Or how it's feeling. But you want someone that understands and okay we're, today we're, we're gonna push a little bit like it's going to be sore because we're gonna find our limit yeah right and then next week we'll do the same thing we're gonna find our limit not go past our limit okay this is our limit let's just say in squats lifting 225 okay that was a little tough okay let's go back down finish it off and then we know we're not touching 225 yet. Yeah, for right? sure. I think that's hard. I had a guy who would tell me to, we were doing like sprints with uh, other hockey players. They'd be like, okay, you guys go 70%, Mike, you're going 30. I'm like, no, I got it. He goes, no. Yeah. He's like, not today. I was like, no, like it feels good. He goes, don't care. Not today. Yeah. I was like, and I would go, I'd be like, okay, like I'll go 50. He doesn't know what my 100 looks like. So I'd go, and he'd be like, Mike, go home. <laughs> done. Yeah. Like, you're done. Like, we're not here to be an idiot. I'll tell you when to push it. I was like, I was so mad. Yeah. Right? And, like, there's times where him and I were getting yelling matches, but <laughs> I came back from my surgery five months early because of them yeah right fully healed never had a problem with that knee again he knew when to push me he knew when not to push me exactly and he knew that he when i walked into his gym when i limped into his gym <laughs> he was getting a competitor so most of the time he would have had to say no not and not hurry up yeah right? he knew the push was already going to be there so he had to slow down yes exactly do you have that guy? Yeah. 
Yeah, I do have that guy. Like I said, like our our trainer, we connect pretty well, mm-hmm. and he knows that that I'm gonna get my stuff done. Right? Do you have a date in mind of returning or when you want that first game to be? It doesn't yeah. have to be a season game, but um, so there is a a summer tournament that I normally go to. That's Canada Day weekend. That's what I'm hoping for. I mean, obviously, I'm hoping to be fully healed and recovered by within the next month or so would be um, best-case scenario. Would that be the nine-month mark, that tournament, or would that be past? I think it would be about the nine-month mark, yeah. Okay. And so now, right now, you're on the ice. Yep. When was the first time you got back on the ice? How many weeks out? Um, it was a point in January. It was about mid-January. So like two, almost three months. Yeah, about three months. It was just simple public skate. Um, it was a pretty set out plan. How foreign did your skates feel? It was honestly just such a good feeling. Really? Just to step on the ice. Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was a great feeling, even though it was a simple public skate and nothing that I really was looking forward to obviously I'd rather be playing but to be able to just be on the ice and skate was just such a good feeling yeah did you have one of those uh skater helper things <laughs> no Push. no no I would have utilized that for sure yeah <laughs> so three months out you were back on skates how long until you dropped into the butterfly so it was uh we're doing a five phase program so the okay. first phase is after a week of public skating, get into it, and it's, you know, you're stretching out, sort of. You're working on simple C-cuts. Gotcha. Um, phase two is the same thing with gear on. So you're okay. just getting the feel of having the pads on, a little extra weight, change it slightly, right? Yep. And then phase three is shuffles and whatnot. Um, phase four is when you're truly supposed to butterfly. I mean probably I slipped in maybe a butterfly or two in phase three because I was pretty excited that no one on. was looking yeah it's <laughs> pretty excited so um but yeah um about the start of February was when I started to actually practice goalie again practice goal okay so February really last month start of February very start yeah whoa I was going to ask, when did you start pushing hard, but I'm assuming February. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What percentage do you think you're at right now on the ice? Overall, I would say about 60%. Um, my mobility is all right. Yeah. I just have no desperation or the sense of reacting to a to a higher, lower shot. Like that split second is where it's going to get me or, or blow an edge. Yes, exactly. And I've felt that once or twice Yeah. and I, I know my limit right now. Good. Great. Getting away from the physical aspect of it. What has been, what's this process been like for you mentally? Um, it was, yeah, one of the tougher things I've definitely went through. Um, the first two weeks, just a lot of 
thoughts going through your head. Don't know what's going to happen or what the journey is really going to be like throughout the next couple months. Um, I mean, obviously I have a pretty good idea now, but um, going back to the rink, really tough. Um, even though it was hard then, I feel like now I'm so much mentally stronger. Were you, how did you mentally prepare for the surgery and the ever daunting depression that usually comes with rehab? Just looking ahead to the future because I know that if I get this done, that I can get to possibly my full potential, right? Gotcha. So that's what I was just looking forward to the whole time. You knew that it was a necessary step. Yeah. Like I know, I know other goalies in the NHL and whatnot have gotten it, and it's been successful for them. So in my mind is that it would be the same for me sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Starting the wrap-up process here, um, if you know or for the younger goalies that surgery or their hips might, or not surgery, but their hips might start that pinching process now and young, what would you recommend them do just because you lived through an experience, this experience? Yep. So obviously mobility, that's a big factor, of course. At home mobility? Yep. Yeah, totally. Where do you um, find that? Where do you find that? Like exercise-wise? Yeah. There's lots of videos online. You know, go to Coach Michael too. No. No. Um, no, just go on Google, look yeah. it up. Just do five minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, the actual strengthening of the labrum itself, because you can't really stop the bone growth, right? Like yeah. that's pretty, not a lot you can do, but strengthening the actual labrum and preventing it from tearing. How do you strengthen the labrum? Is it like just working out hip flexors? Pretty much, yeah. Just getting that, the range of motion constantly through it. Yeah. Strengthen it and uh, like stuff like squats, step ups. Gotcha. Simple stuff, just repetitive, right? Right. Should they tell anybody if they feel it? Yeah. Yes. Because it can change into something serious very quick. Right. Even if they're 12 years old? Yes, absolutely. Should they go see physio at 12? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Now, is it important to know the physio that you're going to? Yeah. I mean... There's a lot of people that don't know goalies. There's so there's so many physios out there, too. And preferably somebody, even if they maybe weren't a goalie, right. but they've, they've been around hockey. Maybe they played hockey. Yeah. They've had hip injuries. I mean, hip and knees are so common, right? Right. Or you find a young person who's hungry. So, like, explain the situation. Be like, okay, I know you're going to say it's hip flexor. I know it's not. And they go home and do research. Right. There was a guy like that in Comox. He now owns the, the business there. But learned so much about knees i was like how i'm like how did you know all this stuff about knees he goes i went home and i studied before every time you came in yeah i was like whoa mm -hmm. that's crazy 
Yeah. That was dedication on his behalf. Yes, totally. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. And he actually has an episode. You can actually listen to, I, we did two episodes with a sports physio who helped me through my knee surgery. Um, we did one with uh, goalie knees 101 and goalie hips 101, episode 18 and 19. Strongly recommend you listen and hear his perspective on these sort of injuries. Not to Ryder's extent, because Ryder's was definitely definitely surgically needed. Um, but want to be, if you want to be a goalie, you need to learn the pros and cons. And the cons are a lot to do with joint health. Very predictable and very-ish very preventable Yeah, if you are disciplined. Right. Totally. Anyways. Uh, last question. Okay. Um, what is some wisdom that you bestow on the younger gener generation? I would say no matter what happens, just don't get discouraged and that everything happens for a reason. I like that. Looking for the big picture. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you for coming on and opening up about your hip surgery and rehab. Of course, yeah. If you have any questions for Ryder, feel free to reach out at thegoaliecorner at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, all at the Goalie Corner Podcast. Uh, thank you, and have a good day.